This is exactly right. Hello. We want to take a second to tell you about one of our favorite podcasts, Disgraceland. If you like music, pop culture, and true crime, this is the podcast for you. Through host Jake Brennan's deeply researched storytelling, you'll hear all about the lives and crimes of musicians like Jerry Lee Lewis, Jay-Z, The Rolling Stones, and so many more. And now Disgraceland is expanding to include artists, actors, athletes, and other icons from Anthony Bourdain to Andy Warhol. Full episodes are released every Tuesday. Check out Disgraceland on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Goodbye. Warning, the following episode deals with mature and disturbing themes, including murder, doomsday cults, hit men for hire, and explicit language. But listener discretion is not advised. Because we dubbed it all out. Now you can listen to this podcast in front of children, in the car with your mother-in-law, or at a public pool. Please note, no cults were joined in the making of this episode. Enjoy, Mother French Horn! Center yourself. Yes, Syria. Are you centered? I feel like I might be. Are you in the center? I'm kind of, I'm a little sideways. A little wonky? I might be a little wanky. <laughs> <laughs> That's because this is my, my favorite, favorite murder. murder. The podcast with the consistently worst opening <laughs> in the history of podcasts. You know. We, we invite you in slowly with awkwardness. Right. By making you want to turn it off. But... But you stick around because you're like, maybe this could get worse. <laughs> <sighs> that's that's Karen Kilgariff. That, that sigh is Karen Kilgariff. And that, <sighs> and that fake sigh is Georgia Hardstark. Hi. Hi, we're Hi. here to talk to you about true crime mm -hmm. and all the things that we have now associated with true crime. Which is everything. Which pretty much anything. Anything, everything, all of it. The thing I'm loving now is just consistent pictures of old razor blade holes in people's bathroom cabinets like 2018 is all about starbucks hidden in walls yes and especially if you have an old-timey medicine cabinet go check yours i bet there's so many people listening like what are you flopping talking about yeah go downstairs i don't know if you're upstairs i don't know why your bathroom's downstairs wait first of all why are you upstairs <laughs> go downstairs <laughs> Someone's in their car right now. They don't know. So go upstairs. Go upstairs. To the double-decker bus. You there. know. The double-decker bus driver. How you do it. Go upstairs. Go upstairs to your mansion. <laughs> go into the bathroom. Why don't you have a bathroom upstairs? Yeah, that's so weird. Everyone does. And why don't you? Do you, and then open your cabinet, and is there a thing that says razors can go in here or whatever? The Funnel cake. An old-timey font. Yes. Is there a, a little old-fashioned hole mm -hmm. that seems haunted mm -hmm. and could have... Uh, bloody remnants of somebody in it so much dna so much vintage dna Ooh, that would be fun and just maybe you stare at it for a couple hours then you start to pull at it then you write a book of short stories about every person who's put a razor into that <gasps> stuffing oh first it's an old guy then it's a young guy <laughs> and it's a lady who's shaving her legs yes can on, we get a woman? On. This is why is the patriarchy taking over your short book of short stories? Never forget, women shave way more than men. So much more. We're just all of our bodies, yeah. face and legs. All of it. 
Listen, when you get to be 30 something, you're going to shave your face too. Don't you're going one of my favorite tweets is our friend Morgan Murphy, hilarious uh-huh. comedian so Morgan funny. Murphy. She has my favorite tweet of all time which is your girlfriend shaves her toes. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> just like splat yeah, just a little drop of hardcore information Ooh, that's good sorry it's the that's truth like, a, mwah, like an italian mwah. yep just get it done real quick yeah. you don't need 240 characters uh-uh. to get the good stuff going Mm-mm. Mm-mm. amen you know i had to take the like close-up mirror down from my wall in the bathroom the like let, look at this mirror yeah real close at all the hairs and stuff because i had to take it down i only, i save that special occasion hotel rooms only <sighs> good call because but then you're like what is wrong with me I know. and you look at your face and you're like why hasn't anyone told me but when i was growing up we got those for christmas one year my sister and i when i was like 14 with and the lights because yes. your mom was like girls she I, it was someone else that gave them to us <sighs> holy gravy and we i used to sit at my desk in my room with the lights out and that thing on it like switching it you know how it'd be like day mm-hmm. evening night or whatever <laughs> evening and night are the same but not on this <laughs> mirror it was like some, yeah. one, one was green one was bright one was like really pinky what if rosy. you're after like what if you're at like a like a late afternoon tonight party like that evening is gonna come and you're gonna need to look your best you're gonna have light. to yeah you have to adjust your eyebrow plucking uh-huh. to the light or, so I would, or men will never love you and you'll <laughs> you never find a husband never find a man you will not land a man at this <laughs> garden party unless you pluck your chin correctly your jessica mcclintock dress can only get you so far and that pretty updo that permed updo you better get your list of topics to talk about yeah. in, in small talk conversations yes and you better shave your upper lip <laughs> or thread it or do something. Something. Don't forget about those nose hairs because that's oh, a reality. Oh, girl. There's no, here's the worst one. Oh, no. Just every once in a while, I'll just catch a random black neck hair. Yeah, yeah. I got the chin. I got the chin covered. Oh, you I got think, the neck. You take the I neck. Think, I'll take the chin. <laughs> neck might be like the next stage up. Oh. Since I'm like a whole generation older than you question is it going up or down i feel like it might be going down oh no no it's horrible you're in for a treat i'm in for the night <laughs> that's why i do not leave my house i can't trust my neck i don't know what's coming out of there ever what anyway what we're talking about oh yeah you got the mirror I just i would stare into it and pluck my eyebrows and look at my pores for so long that my dad would just keep walking by my bedroom door going oh. he would make a noise like it was a bug light and i was like a praying mantis caught on a bug light he's like look at the bug light the bug you're light. not helping dad <laughs> stop it you're not helping they never helped no why would they they, they want you to suffer so you don't get an ego uh, well, it flapping worked <laughs> and like reach great heights or whatever. You, you know why? Because then you're going to fall further. You're welcome, 14 year old Karen. See, it doesn't hurt as bad when you don't climb as high. <laughs> when you stumble upwards, it's better than when you climb upwards. That's right. Right. Or or soar upwards. Right. Ugh, that takes so much effort. That's for the rich. That's for like people who don't have friends or like time for friends. Yeah. Time for pets. Yeah, that's for people who are like, oh, I'm a concert clarinetist. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Go do that then by yourself. I can't have a dog or a cat. I just, I n- I'm never home. I'm working all hours. And it's like, well, then you're living your life wrong. Yeah. You need a pet. <laughs> bring it with you. Bring it to the symphony with you. Yeah. 
Let's teach it to barking. Play a horn instrument. <laughs> Wait, speaking of which, can I tell you, sidebar, that I took my dogs to the dog beach. Yeah, which is like, I'm so jealous. It I was, can't take my cats to the dog beach. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> they would not have a good time. Mm-mm. But although it is one big cat box, really, I Ooh. bet they'd be like, whoa. Nope. I don't think that would happen. Everywhere we go, we can potluck. <laughs> but because it had rained so crazy down here, there was so much garbage and seaweed oh. on the beach. Frank was like in heaven. <gasps> it was like a gar- a mini <sighs> beach garbage dump. What was in there? Um, well, there was one whole huge fish. No we, we way! We walked by just a big <gasps> dead fish. That's so cool. Then there was lots of what looked, it was pieces of plastic that looked like they were from legs, pantyhose containers, uh-huh. like the eggs. Uh-huh. Where you're like... Why are there so many plastic eggs around? Then there was like a basically an IKEA futon frame. <laughs> what? Um, There's a little kid in the surf that was pushing out a huge, like it, what looked like the gnarled base of an oak tree, and he was just. It was like no, four mom, where's his mom him. or dad? They were like, oh, good, a project. You go do that in the in Can right I, in the riptide. One word: pathogens. Just. <laughs> everywhere one small cut on your foot one tiny cut do you watch house go watch house (laughs) they'll never trace that disease i know all those beautiful young doctors on the beach oh my god and there was like oil it was really dirty and i took my feet i took my shoes off and then i was like oh karen i didn't think about it until like 45 minutes in i was like oh i'm there's no way i'm not gonna have some crazy mystery rash this this podcast is gonna change to my favorite staph infection (laughs) like (laughs) tonight get your friendly beat off my couch <laughs> everything's covered I, I keep everything in surgical booties until i'm clear two weeks Please cleared. do <laughs> this is what happens when you leave the house but what would your favorite staph infection be oh god because there's a lot there's so many good I ones i really do love foreign bodies foreign bodies i don't know i like a good jump on a rusty nail Ooh. i did that once in sixth grade i don't like that it was intense but i think i did it because i was at a slumber party that I didn't want to be at. It was, it was very intensely Christian. I was like, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was like jumping in a field and I landed on a rusty nail. I was like, well, Bye. looks like I got to call my mom. <gasps> Unless See we can uh, break into your parents' liquor cabinet and just pour some alcohol on this or wherever. I think I need to be driven away from here. <laughs> Whatever the medical procedure is, it's it's not going to take place. It's, on not, this. it's not praying over my foot. No, <laughs> it's not going to be with your weird Christian records. Got to go. <laughs> Love the Lord. See you at school. But I can't handle this. Um, I'm watching a show on Netflix. Yeah, You might be watching that everyone loves called The End of the Filthy World. No. Have you heard of it? No. <gasps> oh, it's so good. What is it? Okay. It's like, okay. It's like if you took um, Harold and Maude. Yes. Anti-Wes Anderson. Anti? Like, Angry at Wes Anderson? Like anti, like cute and, and like kitschy in that way, but like. So no a, shot is centered. Nothing is. <laughs> nothing's it's okay. Up. Maybe just Wes Anderson, but like dark Wes Anderson. Okay, got it. Got okay. It. And then like, uh, it's just like, it's dark, but like cute and cool. It's like these, it's really good. And there's, it's murdery and there's these two young kids in it. And they're like, he looks like Harold from Harold and Maude and she's super adorable. And they, maybe they murder someone. We don't know. Like, oh. it's, it's a really good show. I love it. Should I read you the thing instead of telling you? Sure. About it in my own special way. I feel like what you just did was very clear. Listen, if I say it's good, it's probably good. I mean, I feel like you're batting, I'd say eight for 10. Sure. Where'd I get, where'd I go wrong? Where'd <laughs> I go wrong? Say that? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't give you 10 out of 10. I just couldn't. Well, 
That's fair enough. Because I'm, again, I want you to climb. I want things to be hard. I want you to earn it. If you compliment someone without a little bit of a negativity in it, they're just going to not try anymore. That's right. They're going to get a big head. Uh huh. And, you know, that's the worst thing that can happen. Right. And then they're going to show up at a filibuster garden party with hairs coming Ugh. out of everywhere. Oh, look at me. I'm so pretty. I have a beard. Yeah. No, this is wrong. What's happening? You're never going to find a husband. <laughs> You're, you will. You and you, your Jessica McClintock you dress. You will be loved. We'll grow old together. Oh, sure. You can wear that dress all you want. But the yeah. floral's not going to land Mm-mm. you a man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's, it's not a, the florals. No, it's the clear chin. Mm-hmm. It's a smooth chin mm-hmm. and a feminine chin. So shut up. Shut it. What Georgia, are you, what are we doing? I don't know. What do you have to talk about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anything? So, yeah, I do. Um, two weeks ago, the last in-person upstairs, what do we call this podcast Pod. when it's us? Uh-oh. Not live. I talked about the Beast of Jersey, a whole... I somebody said so I was making conversation with somebody and they were like what was your last show about they had never listened to the podcast they were just trying to be polite and I went into a synopsis of what the beast of Jersey was all about and as I was saying it I was like stop talking now you were like oh they were being polite they were they don't want to know about the leather mask this person wore plastic weird rapey that they raped out of anyone they raped everyone they could get uh, by themselves which is why I think people listen to this podcast and why you and I are doing it is that we realize we can't talk to anyone about it. <laughs> That's exactly right. We all have to meet here if right. we want to have the... These are not dinner conversations no. these to are, meet your friend's new girlfriend. Okay. These are, this is like the podcast of I, I don't get the face of someone who isn't interested when yes. I tell them about this. Isn't it cool? And then, But usually they, they, like, they kill inside their own race and they didn't kill inside their own race anymore and he did this. That's no. amazing. Nobody wants to know about that. That's in real life. People are like, yeah. anyhow, Jeez. did you hear about the bomb? Right. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it, but as some of you know, I did talk about the kind of cows because the islands we were talking about were Jersey and, and Guernsey. Mm-hmm. And so then I began to hold forth like a cow expert. Mm-hmm. Because, you are. Because <laughs> um, I am I am a C plus cow expert. That's okay. how much I got it right. Dude. And I'm very angry and ashamed because I grew up amidst cows. I had to smell their Starbucks every day. I It was all hay and cows and alfalfa and nonstop dairy. So the fact that I got this wrong is both shaming and then also I'm not sure why I keep. I mean, proximity pretending. doesn't equal farm knowledge. Knowledge. Very true. Here we go. <laughs> Are you ready? Always. Um, This is from Gail. Okay, Gail. You're ab- she gets right into it. You're absolutely right about the Jersey and Guernsey cattle breeds coming from the islands in the English Channel, but a little not right about... <laughs> Aww, that's so nice. <laughs> a little, a not, little right. not right. You're just a little not right, <laughs> which is so accurate, um, about what those cows look like. Jerseys are the smaller brown ones, and their babies look like little deer. Little babies. They are the cutest. Oh, my God. Even the groans are cute. Guernseys are brown and white cows and they aren't as common. The black and white cows are Holsteins. That's what I was talking about. Okay. Both Jerseys and Guernseys are known for their rich and flavorful milk that is high in protein and butterfat. <gasps> Although the milk that you buy from the store has been standardized in its nutrient composition by removing fat. French. Adding it the back in. The government. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fat content. 
French. The government. <laughs> so the fat content is most important for making other dairy products besides milk. Jerseys are particularly popular because even though they are small and don't make as much milk as larger cows, they are much more efficient at making milk. Think of them as the Priuses of dairy cattle. <laughs> and I will from now on. Uh, I'm a professor of dairy and animal science. Oh my God. Hell yes. So I was pretty tickled to hear you guys talk about cows while I was simultaneously listening to your podcast and scrambling to edit PowerPoints about cows before the semester starts. It's like her episode. That's it was like made for her. She's like, listen, I hate serial rapists. Yeah. But here's my chance to shine. But still, I found something I could I could love here. And that's what we try to do. This is what it's all about. And then she said, cheers to all, and especially the pets, Gail. And then in parentheses, it says, which in my case is a woman scientist name. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. Um, Oh, that's great. So thank you, Gail. Also, thank you, Sarah, Emma, Allie, and everyone who tweeted us this correction. (laughs) We got emails from Sarah, Emma, and Allie also that were all equally as informative about cows that's nice um so just so everybody knows jerseys are the prettiest cows guernseys are like jerseys less pretty sister oh now we're gonna get hate mail from cows i'm going for it holsteins are black and white cows like from an old country folk painting Uh uh-huh and then uh the ones i grew up with were heifers which are the orange and white ones i believe they are or maybe that's... I have never known so much about cows in my life. And and isn't it fun? Like, you can now take this straight to a dinner party. Yeah. Instead of talking about murder... You go straight into listing cows and their <laughs> colors. <laughs> you know how everyone loves to talk about... You just wait for a nice pause in the conversation. Yeah. Did you know... The ones that look like deer are jerseys. They're heifers. <laughs> Like, and then you got French. The government. French. The government. <laughs> May I have that salt and pepper, please? Because, <laughs> um, can I say correct to correct nobody, really, but just oh. to read this. Okay. Hi, ladies. And then in parentheses says, Stephen, animals. Oh, and this is called Some Montessori Insight About Georgia's Dirty Feet. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> um, blah, 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 really nice stuff. And then uh, on episode 102, you mentioned attending Montessori schools, and Georgia recalls having a feet-washing bucket. <laughs> As a Montessori teacher, I was cackling in my car. This dirty feet scenario is totally not a fever dream. The goal of Montessori schools is to teach independence, life skills, and appreciation of nature. You were lucky enough to go to get to go outside and explore and learn, allowing those feet to get nasty. Bless your teacher for allowing the children to wash their feet. Water. So fun. We only have a hand washing station. I'm not nice enough to let my little ones take their shoes off outside. Anyways, thanks for all you do. Uh, Stay sexy. Wash those feet. Don't get murdered. Jamie. Uh, Well, Jamie, though, that I bet that's smart because you don't want a, like a child staff infection. Don't step on a flaming rusty nail. Do not. They'll jump on it just to get out of school. Oh, definitely. Lazy. Anyhow. <laughs> oh, I guess this last one. This is just a fun email. Yeah. That Stephen pulled for us. Look and listen, David Fincher. Yeah. Is the subject line um, from Gina. Hi, ladies and honorary lady, Stephen Ray Morris. <laughs> Stephen's triumphantly raising his fists. <laughs> so good. Uh, was watching Seven for the first time. Best first time. Such a good movie. You've had 29 years. Um, <laughs> I watching, was watching Seven for the first time and noticed this. And then she pulled a screen cap. And it's Morgan um, Freeman standing in front of Brad Pitt. And the line he's saying to him is, I want you to look and I want you to listen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then she back in the email says, 
Just saying, has anyone ever seen Karen and Georgia in the same room as Morgan Freeman? <laughs> Karen and Morgan certainly share that deep, distinguished voice. Oh, my God. Lots of love, plus some sloth, greed, gluttony, etc. Gina. That's everyone. So God dog. Funny. If you haven't seen seven murderinos, young murderinos, go watch seven. Oh, my God. If you so haven't seen seven. Creepy. This conversation ends here. Yeah. Pause it. Pause it. Go check your, uh, go downstairs and check your, uh, medicine cabinet. That's right. Go, go back upstairs. Go back upstairs to your, why is your TV upstairs and your bathroom's downstairs? It's it seems so inconvenient. Weird. Yeah. Because a basement bathroom and a, and an attic yeah. TV room is just hard for the family. Is your house only a basement and an attic? What does that mean? Or maybe you're a Dr. Seuss character. That Do you have a hat where that machines that clean the house come out of it? Yeah. You might want to check your hat. Check your flipping. Check your hat. And then check the hot dog government, man. Yeah. Tell them about cows. Inform them. (laughs) Who goes first this week? I think it's you, right? Did I go? Well, then we had a live episode. Oh, yeah, but... Didn't we, we say we that? were doing, we're not counting I think that? I'm first this week. I was counting on going first this week. Good, because I had to do it last week. Yeah. Te- I find it technically, to be a burden. <laughs> technically, yeah. Technically. You think a bur- you think that I think going first is better because then I can cha-ching, chill a shirt, oh. drink my sparkling wine. Oh. Well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, but I can't go first every week because that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. It does suck. It's yeah. like you kind of have to get everything up off the ground. Right. All right. You set a tone. Yeah. And then I'm not what trying if- to intimidate you, but you really control the mood right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Thumbs down. Oh, no. Well, the thing, too, is what if um, what if this is your murder? What if my murder is your murder and I go f- get it first? I, then you don't I, have to go. I can't wait. <laughs> then I just sit back and go like, yes, girl, tell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You forgot this par- part. <laughs> Let me tell you this thing. Okay. This bad thing. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter her promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. And now we can start. Mm-hmm. All right. So I found this story and decided to do it and then real found out that it is also an I survived episode. She's in an I survived episode. Yes. So this is it. special for you. Thank you. Um, so I watched the I survived episode. It was great. But also I got a lot like most of my information from a um, an article in the Willamette Week by Beth Slavic from 2016. So cool. Thank you, Beth. Good job. Yay. We're proud of you. <laughs> OK, so this is the story of Susan Kuhnhausen. Okay. You, any bells yet? No. I feel like I'm like reading to the master. Uh, can I just do a quick brag? Yeah. My sister said uh, last weekend, I think it was, she was like, there's an I survived um, on that's amazing right now. You need to watch it. A woman who escaped a serial killer. And I wrote back, does she have red hair and a green sweater? I've seen it already. And my sister goes, ooh, that was creepy. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know, yeah. I honestly have seen them all five times. I've seen maybe two. Okay, you're you're the queen of this, so I felt a little. But I think that this is, you know. Do you mind if I will listen to you and guess the whole time? Uh, yeah, I'll ring in when I think I know. That's what this podcast is. Yeah, girl. This podcast isn't be quiet while I tell you about the story. <laughs> Could you please be quiet? Interrupt the Jiminy Cricket out of me with incorrect guesses. <laughs> this is the one time I've been interrupting you for two years straight. Yeah, <laughs> but this is the one time you we were like, "Could you please be quiet? This is an I survive." This is actually really. And wait, literally two years straight today. <gasps> That's right. It's our two-year fun facts anniversary. Oh my god! Of existing, of existing, of having real ta-da personalities, yes. lives, Do, having an interest that we shared yeah. that we thought this could possibly be interesting. First day of the rest of our lives, insanely, dude. Two years. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. To you. High five, Georgia Hardstar. Thank you. You too, Karen Kilgariff. This Paul Giamatti podcast would be going to um, Montessori. No, it wouldn't. That's too young, right? <laughs> it's too young. Okay. But unless Daycare. we're both working. Daycare. Working moms. Yeah. Listen, we get Steve. Steven, will you uh, be this podcast nanny? Steven's a podcast nanny. Yeah, I would think so. Steven, thank you. Yeah, I'll take care of you. Okay. You, you would be a manny, right? Oh, right, 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 right. Um, Steven, you came in, what, a year and a half 
I mean, like six months in? My, my, I guess, two year Of course he knows. knows. (laughs) (laughs) There's a heart in his calendar. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's it's like a little, like, in my locker. It's like cutouts. Uh, my my two year anniversary is in May. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we're we're gonna say right now that we'll get you something for your two year anniversary, and yeah, then we right. won't. Uh, so, but then we'll make up for it, and it'll be even better. Yes. That's that's exactly all I could hope that's for. All that's all you've how, ever wanted. That's how we do, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know okay. how we do. I love it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Susan Kuhnhausen. Okay, here we go. On the evening of Wednesday, September sixth, two thousand and six, fifty one year old emergency room nurse of nearly 30 years, Susan Kuhnhausen, ended her shift at Providence Portland Medical Center and headed to her appointment at Perfect Look Hair Salon in East Burnside Street. On East Burnside Street. Portland, I guess you know what that is. You already know, don't you? Mm -hmm. Uh, No, 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 I don't. I know that area, though, the Burnside District. Oh, okay. So, Perfect Look. It's our new hair salon. It's so good. It's so good. Susan had moved to Oregon in the early 80s. She settled in Portland, and she was well-liked by everyone who knew her, of course. Everyone says she's outgoing, vivacious. She's this amazing nurse. She's loved by everyone. In 1988, when she was in her early 30s, Susan, along with a friend and her mom's help, placed a singles ad in the Willamette Week, which is what this... I just realized this is what this article is from. Oh, yeah. I didn't put it together. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's a very popular... uh, Circular up is there it? In, in Portland. Oh. I think it, it still exists. Yeah. Okay. Um, looking for, and so she placed a singles ad, which is how you used to find love. Ugh. It's like before. Could you imagine? No. It's just like, oh, it's all like letters and numbers and like I'm uh-huh. a t- Taurus, S, F, L. Looking for. D. I think my mom put one of those in in like Irvine Weekly or whatever in the 80s. Did she get any, did she catch any good fish? I'm sure she didn't. <laughs> Jesus. The guys she dated were horrendous. Were they sickening? <laughs> no, they were just like, like single dads in the 80s were creeps. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of transition lenses, a lot of mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, this isn't about me. Okay. <laughs> or or Janet. It. <laughs> it's always about Janet. It's always about Janet. Okay. So she wrote looking for, quote, someone different. And then about herself, she wrote overweight, but not over life, which what? I love <laughs> so much. There's your, there's like a, that's a necklace instead of like live, laugh, love. Overweight, but not over life. But not over life. And then you kick <laughs> a stranger in the dick. <laughs> As Seeks, he's reading that, hypnotized yeah. by your necklace. <laughs> <laughs> you know the um, website Reductress mm-hmm. that I'm just upset. Like they're sprankers. Headlines make me laugh so hard, they're and their so articles. Funny. It's like it's like the Onion for women. Yes, they're they have like merch now, and one of their they have a shirt that has an arrow, and it it's up to the arrow goes to your face, and it says my vagina's up here. <laughs> <laughs> They had one after the Golden Globes that said, zero quotes from men about the Me Too movement. (laughs) They're so funny. It's so good. Okay. Someone different. Overweight, but not over life. Seeks SM, who wants more out of a relationship than just, quote, slender. Girl, yes. Wow. And this is in the late 80s when... None of these attitudes were allowed. No, you go to red flag jazzercise and you re- you diet and reduce or yes. you're nothing and no one. It's bulimia or bust, everybody. <laughs> it was a hard time. Yeah. But then meanwhile, we were being tricked into ingesting fake diet food that was actually filled with sugar. So like we all thought yeah. New York seltzer was diet. Yeah. 
And we're like, this is so delicious. Yeah. And you drink like seven of them and it's just like drinking coke. Right. And then you scream at your kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 39 year old Mike Coonhansen responded. Um, and about him, Susan said, quote, he had a nice voice. I was impressed he wanted to talk about deeper things, which I wrote red flag. <laughs> you know? No, he doesn't. He goes straight to poetry. Yeah. Get out of there. Deeper things. Deeper than what? Than what? Okay. Their first day was in February 1988. Mike was a Mike was adopted as a newborn in 1948, grew up in Portland. He told Susan he saw combat in Vietnam, but military records list him as a switchboard operator. Oh. Within the year, they drove to Reno to get married. So she marries this dude, Mike Kuhnhausen. Okay. It quickly soured. Um, she said, quote, it wasn't long after Wait we a second. Wait a second. Don't give it away for the listeners at home. I won't. I think I know. Just say, give is. me a, give me like a keyword. She finds him in the house? No. Okay. Uh, but close. I think you do know. You're just not there yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got to get you a little further. And then you're like, yes. Okay. okay. Da, 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 da. It wasn't very long after we got married that there was no more hiking, no more going out. Yeah. Because people say they're into shark week, but they're not into shark week. And then in a year, they're sick of you, which is why you need to start a relationship saying, I like to sit at home and binge watch anime with my cats <laughs> yes. and get takeout. Yeah. What's past like topical weekend interest? Yeah. That's the reality of the relationship. Nobody likes to hike. No, it's total dating bull splat. Stupid. It's really dumb. It's for single desperate thirsty people. <laughs> Literally and figure. Literally Okay. Married. Within a few years of the wedding, Mike got a new job as a janitorial supervisor for Oregon Entertainment, the parent company of Fantasy Adult Video. Oh. So basically, he started working for an adult video company as the janitor, which has to be like a bummer job. Yeah. Like, a bum you don't come home from that kicking your heels and hugging <laughs> no. your wife. Even if it's all paper products uh -huh. and like guys and ties, there is still a level of, uh, of light scum, I would say. On everything. That he's that was his job just to mop off totally literally and figuratively yeah okay so he starts slowly revealing to her in the early years that he'd never really been happy his life philosophy she says was life's a nasty sandwich and every day you take another bite until you die flipping thanks garfield <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> this is why everyone needs to go to therapy and get pharmaceuticals yes well not everyone but this guy clearly i mean it's just that, so sorry that's all of life to you yeah like you're not gonna you have that attitude and you're not gonna do anything, anything. to change it like take a chill pill and by chill pill i mean a flapping zola <laughs> <Yes. laughs> lithium anything something help yourself okay mike chain smoked he also pounded diet cokes well, well, which is on. like is that why are you being a dick about it <laughs> Um, he, he was very controlling. He would hound Susan about her plans when she went out. He kept track of her spending and complained about all her purchases, which is like, shut up. I need to go to Perfect Look every two weeks and or you're going to tell me I look like chips and dip. Yes, exactly. Also, if she is an emergency room nurse. Yeah. She's pulling down. That is oh, a yeah. union wage. She's doing very well. Yeah. Your fantasy adult working video store is not the same wage. Probably not. So, yeah, the, sp the spending discussion. Anyway, go let's ahead. talk about marriage. <laughs> 
Okay. 17 years into their marriage, Susan is like, fake. They're Snickers. She said, I cared about him, but I didn't want to live with him anymore. I wanted to be happy again. So in September 2005, she kicks him the hunk out of the house. Good. And he moves into his father's home. But Susan never changes the locks or the alarm code, which was their anniversary. Oh. Well, why would she? It's her husband that she thinks she knows and has a relationship with. Right. Okay. So she wasn't surprised after her hair appointment. She gets home. She's still in her scrubs. Uh, It's 6.37 p.m. She lives in Montevilla neighborhood. Comes home, finds a note by the microwave from Mike, because they're still talking and stuff, saying, Sue, I haven't been sleeping. Had to get away. Went to the beach. He said he'd see her on Friday or Saturday. Love me, he he says. So Susan disarms the alarm, goes through the house to the front, grabs her mail, and she comes back inside and looks through the house to her bedroom and sees that it's really good night, dark in her bedroom abnormally. And she's like, oh, I thought I opened the drapes that morning. There's like something is off. She knew it immediately in the in the ant insect part of her brain. Well, there's what is scarier than that? Yeah. When you're standing in your house and there's something off, there's uh-huh. something that you didn't do. That that is like yeah. I always have a lamp. There's a one lamp I never turn off. Ooh. And if that if that were off, if I came home and that were off, I would be like, well, I would think I got my electricity turned off, which <laughs> happens constantly. <laughs> um, but well, my thing is like, if my cats aren't, if one of the cats aren't greeting me, there's something wrong in the house. Yes, you know, like yes, if they're sure. scared. There's there's a reason. If my dogs aren't there barking at the window like I'm the mailman, <laughs> I think they're both dead. Like I picture, oh, oh yeah. they ate they ate chemicals, they ate whatever. Like I go yeah. through a whole thing of trying to go into acceptance about losing both dogs at the same oh, time. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus! And then, and then Georgia like walk up like, what, what do you want? Like, I was sleeping. Um, the other day, Vince and I came home and the whole house smelled like cigarettes. Like someone had just smoked a cigarette or was smoking a cigarette in the house. It was really flapping, creepy. And we like went room to room and looked everywhere. And what was, did you have a window open? No, I don't know what it was. It was probably someone in the hallway or something. Wait, I think we've talked about this already, but did I ever tell you about my friends who live in New York and they, they are the producers of Eugene Merman's comedy festival Uh and they, um, put a camera in their house because they in their apartment they kept noticing little <gasps> things move and and um so finally they put this a camera in their house that would switch on if there was movement, movement. yeah and um so the guy was at work it switches on their landlord just is going into their house walking around and she's it's one of the creepiest videos oh. they showed it to me and she's just really slowly walking around and looking at everything oh my god and she like at one point walks upstairs which is just their bedroom and is up there for like three minutes and then comes back down i never told you about that no I and cry. then she just leaves but it was like one of the creepiest weirdest things i've ever seen how come she was moving shampoo it's like she would she would look over like for a while she'd look at pictures or she'd like lean over she was just snooping around. I would so do I'm that. sure one time she like pick up a magazine, yeah. look at it, and put it down, thinking they'll never notice. Oh my god! Isn't that amazing? You know that's happened in your life. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Like someone's gone through your cheese and crackers. When I was a kid, when I I was like at a certain there was a certain like young part period in my life. When I was like twelve, where all I forking did was snoop through 
my fake family sinkhole yes just snoop 100 percent. it was so much fun i would always go through my mom's nightstand drawer mm-hmm. because there was always weird super random dryer lint in there yeah. but there was never anything good but it would be like if i dig back here far yeah. enough there'll be something weird where i'm like is this sexual i'm not sure <laughs> and it never was it was like never what i wanted it one time i thought i found a porn under my parents bed <gasps> and i pulled it out and it was just an exercise like oh. these um, videotape? Yeah, I'm, I was going to say a VCR. My friend and I went through, We it was during this time, and I had a friend who was like, yeah, let's go through my mom's sinkhole, too. And we both had single moms, and we found, like, it must have been given to her as a gag gift, because now that I'm older, I'm like, no one would use those <laughs> to, on themselves. It's disgusting, but at the time, we were like, I think we, like, stopped looking through people's stuff after we found yes. this box of, like, weird dildo attachments yes we were both like oh no yeah and never talked about it again that's the thing that you learn depending from somewhere between when you're 11 and 14 yeah which is you can go ahead and snoop uh-huh. all you want but there's a you have to land on the other side of snooping yeah which is not only that you you're a snooper and you could get caught yeah. and then known as that yeah but then you know something yeah there might be big feelings you don't want to know you're not even imagining what you wouldn't want to know yeah and managing that no. you're just being like i know what this is going to amount yeah. to yeah mm-hmm. don't do it do not or i mean do but just know that but then you have to die with some secrets you could snoop up a secret that you're then you're just like well or get I a just podcast have to know that. and talk about it years later <laughs> it's true <laughs> okay this isn't about me this is about susan that's right disarming her alarm it's dark in her room she goes to her room this is your last chance to guess what this is. I know what this is okay. because, it, sorry, Mike is not in the house. No. Okay. But, but you're. But I know what you know. You think. Okay. You know, but you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> From behind the bedroom door, a man suddenly lurches towards. That's her. right. It's a hired guy. Shh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sugar. Okay. <clears throat> Susan doesn't recognize his face. He's got Dockers, a blue striped shirt on, and a tan baseball hat pulled down over his eyes. He has yellow rubber gloves on his hands Ugh. and is carrying a red and black claw hammer. A claw hammer. A claw hammer. Ooh. He swings the flaming hammer, and his first blow lands on her left temple. Okay. You hire a hitman and he's like, here's how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bludgeon her to death. I'm going to, bl- I choose to bludgeon a person as opposed to just shoot them and get it out of the yeah. house. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. Okay. So using her instincts and her three decades of experience in the ER where, Karen, all the ER nurses are trained regularly in self-defense, learning how to slip out of headlocks and clutches. Wow. Susan knows instinctively to crowd her attacker not to like cower and back off because the blows land shifty if if the closer you are the closer you are that's great i'm not this don't legally i am not telling you to do anything when you get attacked etc yeah um and that would have less force the swings of the hammer if she's not if she's super close to him yeah she flipping screams at him who are you what do you want She's yelling at him, (laughs) but he doesn't answer. Susan's only five foot four, so she's five inches shorter than the man, and she has two bad knees from repeated injuries and her excessive weight, as she clearly stated in her 
Um, in her singles bad she out but she outweighed him because he was super skinny so she says she um she slams her body up against his attempts to push him over but he doesn't fall instead he pushes susan against the bedroom wall then says the only phrase that he ever said he's gonna say that night secretly between you and me the last leaping thing he'll ever say oh you're strong you're strong And she says that the phrase sends surges of adrenaline through her because she said, quote, with hearing this phrase, she says, he's here to kill me. She realized at that moment, I don't know why, I don't know who he is, but his intent was clear. And those are his last words ever. Oh, Susan pushes him again and says, who sent you? She wrestles the hammer from him and she swings the claw three or four times into his skull. From She got the clucking hammer. Yes. He grabs it back. And so Susan grabs his throat and says, who sent you here? Squeezing his throat. (laughs) His face turns red and purple. And then he goes blue. Susan freaks out at that moment and lets go and tries to run. He catches her, though, as she's running from the bedroom. They're in this narrow hallway together. He spins her around and punches her, splitting her lip, punches her again, and she falls to the floor. And when she looks up, he's standing over her with the hammer. And at that moment, she thinks, I'm going to die today. Why'd she let go when his face was blue? I I mean, people don't want to kill people. True, but not great. I know. At least make him pass out. I mean, yeah, but like you think close enough, right? The fact that he was able to get up. I guess so. I always think I'm smarter than people in death, near death situations. (laughs) Um, So she knows she needs to get the hammer from him. So she pulls him to the floor with her. So he's standing over her and she, wham, pulls him to the ground with her. (laughs) That's brilliant. I know. She starts to bite him in her mind thinking, I know I'm going to die, but I'm going to shucking leave teeth marks so people know that he like can find him. Yes. So she wrestling on the floor together. She bites his arm, his flank and his thigh and bites through his shucking zipper to his flopping hot dog to his dick. Shit. They can't write that in the will I'm at, probably. Probably not. Um, at the same time, she's going through his pockets looking for ID so she can like throw his wallet under the bed so <gasps> like the cops will know who it is. Jesus. I know. Well, you know what? That ER, her working in the ER yeah. probably prepped her for so many There's crazy things. There's no time to panic. Yeah. Yeah. Real like clear thinker in horrible Here's, situations. Exactly. She said, I was like a downed power line snapping on the pavement. How cool is that? Wow. I know. The fight at this point had lasted, you know how long this fight had gone on? How long can you ding ding fight for, do you think? I would give it a good 19 minutes. Okay, never mind. It's 14. Oh, but oh, however, <laughs> that's a long time. I thought time. you were going to say like six hours. I can't even do five minutes of cardio. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll edit that out and then I'll say six minutes. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. They're both wedged on their sides in the small hallway. She throws a leg over his body, climbs on top of him, hooks her left arm around his neck's neck. So she's got him a sweaty chokehold, yes. WWE style. Says, <laughs> "Tell me who sent, tell me who sent you here, and I will call you a oy vey ambulance." And all he did was growl. Um, and then she says, "When I realized I was not going to ever regain the hammer, it came to me that I need, I needed to become the weapon." <gasps> Holy heck, girl! <laughs> She says she leans forward, tightens her form against his throat, and he stopped moving. She grabs the hammer and runs outside to the neighbors. They call 911. Here's a quote from the 911 call. 
do you need an ambulance? Says they say, do you need an ambulance? And then Amber said, no, she's a nurse. She says, call an ambulance for the guy. He may be dead. She's like, I'm fine. But she is not. She is. She's not she, adrenaline. She doesn't know. She doesn't feel like as much of a bad cookie about this as we think of her as a bad cookie. She's right. like freaked the flip out about it. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Of course. I mean, not just that this happened to her, but that she killed a dude. Right. Okay. Well, so, no, that's I mean, that's a horrible burden. Yes. So the, the man was dead. His name's his name was Edward Haffey. He was a 59 year old Vietnam veteran. An autopsy showed he had a near lethal dose of cocaine in his system. Jesus. Um, when he died, relatives and friends told police he'd been raised in an upper middle class home and was an avid tennis player. So something quite bad happened. And I bet it's cocaine. Yeah. He recently lived or Vietnam. He recently lived in a trailer on Northeast Killingsworth Street and had a long rap sheet. In Susan's basement, they find Ed's backpack and inside is a container of Hershey syrup. What? Huh? $200 in cash, diabetes pill and a day book and a pay stub. So court records show that 15 years earlier on February 28th, 1991, um, this guy, Edward Haffey, arranged the murder of his ex-girlfriend, 39-year-old Georgia Lee Dutton. Weird that my name is Georgia and my sister's nickname is Lee. Not really. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. A touch of weird. Let's go a little. Her decomposed body was later found along the Umpqua River. Mm -hmm, That's right. Is that right? Yeah. Near Roseburg. So I tried to look up details about her murder because I wanted to say some more about her, but I can't find anything at all. So he ple- he had pled guilty to conspiracy to commit aggravated murder in 1994 and spent the next nine years in the Eastern Oregon Correctional Institution. And he had been released in November of 2003 for murder. Oh, God. OK. Huh. Oh, my God. After he got out, he moved to Portland and in July 2004 was hired by none other than our trash friend, Mike uh, Hassan. <laughs> the worst last name of all his time. Name, to clean floors at adult, at fantasy adult video. Oh, so they were workmates. They were workmates. So, which is where the pay stub in his backpack was from. Oh, okay. Okay. And there's also a day book that had an entry that said, call Mike for September 4th, 2006, along with Mike's new cell phone number. So like, <laughs> not a good murderer. No one's covering anything. Not a good hitman. No. And, and he got killed instead of... Well, so, I mean, the claw, uh, the claw hammer is the indicator. This yeah. is not a hitman. This is a, like a lunatic. Yeah. Definitely. So on September 8th, Mike left a suicide note at his father's house saying, all I ever wanted was to be loved. And every time I had it, I whacked it up. No, dude, you're a piece of dryer lint. Don't feel forking. Sorry for yourself. Yeah, this is not the time for Mm -mm. if you've arranged the murder of your ex-wife that. Yeah, it's not the time to talk about how hard things are for you. Right. And how bad it is that you whack things up. So then he takes off 10 a.m. on September 13th. A deputy finds Mike in the parking garage of a Kaiser. He's Mike says he's checking himself in. We it's don't a Kaiser. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> <laughs> they won't have they'll, they'll have you there for 10 minutes max. Well, for to a psychiatric hold. Oh, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't realize Kaiser had any psychiatric uh services available well, let's go try it um, i will right now i will so police put him in involuntary psychiatric hold then they put him under arrest for conspiracy to commit murder obviously he had a motive his he had lost his job weeks earlier he had no place to live susan had named her brother as a beneficiary on her life insurance policy which is so smart because she was like i'm divorced like she must have had some yeah you know 
Um, and Mike knew that, but Susan and Mike had paid off that house and it was worth about $300,000 and it would be all his if Susan died. So he, Mike claims he has nothing to do with it, but there's no signs of forced entry at Susan's home. And the security record showed someone had disabled the alarm while Susan was at work. Mm-hmm. Mike later said he, he had just dropped the note off. Um, but they, but they were like, you let this killer inside. And he's like, no, no, I didn't. Oh, the note was like his cover of like that yeah. proves that I was there, but it wasn't my thing. I was there and I disabled the alarm, but it was so I could leave this note. And they're like, yeah, but clearly you just let this guy in at the same time. Yeah. And also if they're getting a divorce or divorced, why would she give it Snickers if he's going somewhere? Like, right. Tell me when you get back that you went somewhere. Right. No, it's very, it's very stupid. Yeah. So blah, blah, blah. All these other little things happen and we know it's him. The promise was a $50,000 payday for this, the dude who killed her, who, he, who got killed. On August 30th, 2007, Mike pleads guilty to solicitating, solicitating? <laughs> Maybe. Susan's murder. Okay. Um, and that, so the hitman's aunt writes a letter to Susan in 2010 after all this takes place saying, although this was a terrible thing that happened, no one in this family has any bad feelings towards you. You did what you were forced to do. And in doing so, you spared many from the same trauma you experienced. That's right. Oh, Oh. my God. That's incredible. I know. So Susan filed for divorce the day after Mike's arrest. Obviously. Oh, they were just separated. Yeah, they hadn't divorced yet. Okay, okay. And by 2014, she had moved to a new Portland home um, and like a crazy out of the way cul-de-sac. She said she felt like a, quote, a broken plate glued back together. Oh. Like she's just, it's so sweet that she's so heartbroken about having to kill someone, even though the person she killed out of self-defense was the person who was sent to murder her. The, the person who attempted to murder her. Yeah, like very seriously. She's justified as brunch. And what an amazing person. And we all hope that we would act the same way in such a situation. And we're in awe of her that she did that. And it it doesn't really feel that way, I think, when it happens is what this shows us. Right. It's like first... That's that's the effect that has on us right. but as first person, especially as a nurse who's like trained to save lives. That's yes. her point in life. Yeah, that's exactly right. And she's and she understands why people get into the situation where they're like, I'm doing so much coke. I think it's OK to kill someone yeah. with a claw hammer. Yeah. Ooh, Ugh. the worst. So she she's super paranoid at this time. She says, I'm doing a life sentence for picking a bad husband, Ugh. which is like, honey, don't all? put that on you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're and all broken plates. That's the thing. We're all broken plates. We're all broken plates. We've never been whole plates. Yeah. Maybe right when we were born, but. Yeah, somewhere around. Yeah, I mean, it's different for How everybody. Old? Two, like this podcast? <laughs> for me, I would say it was, it really was preteen. That's when, when things, you broke. I was just like, what the Frank is happening? Yeah, I see that. I but, think when we first have memories, <laughs> so, like you have a memory because something happens. True. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I mean, five or six, I think for me. But her, yeah, that experience would be, that's something you yeah. really have to work through. Yes. So Mike is supposed to be released in on September 14th, 2014. So she's freaking the flake out. She puts gravel all around her house so she can hear any footsteps. She uh, practiced shooting at a shooting range. Um, And she said if he came here, he was not going to get close enough to hurt me. So can you imagine how terrifying that is? Yeah. Then 92 days before his release on Friday the 13th of 2014, Mike died of prostate cancer in prison at 65 years old. Shirt. Yeah. 
So she cha- her name is now Susan Walters. She continued to work as a nurse until December 2014. And today she's a motivational speaker and provides self-defense expertise for Portland Police Bureau's Women's Strength and Girls Strength programs. Yes. And she's a go-to expert on victims' rights. Yeah. Um, she's an advocate and focuses on developing a web-based portal for crime victims. Uh, that portal provides a protected single point for victims to receive updates about their offenders. So oh. you know, like the people are like, I, no one told me he was getting out of prison or today was his parole hearing. I could have gone to and said what happened. You know, you yeah. can follow that now. Yeah, that's great. amazing. That's so important. Um, victims of cri- crime in Mul... Oh, God, everyone. Malton- Multnomah? Yeah. Multnomah County. Is that right? Yeah. Can now follow their case, their offenders, and access resources through uh, the website. It's casecompanion.org. And I think every fabulous city should have this. That's incredible. She said, Susan says, surviving the event itself is difficult. Surviving a prolonged and protracted criminal justice journey is also equally hard. Yeah. Which we, like, totally, that's amazing. She said, being an imperfect woman, I married an imperfect man thinking that we could love, honor, and negotiate and have a good life together. But he had issues around abandonment, anger, and anxiety that he couldn't overcome. She says that she and the family of Mike hopes that he finds the peace he didn't find in this world in death. And that's the story of Susan Kuhnhausen. Wow, that's amazing. And there's a survivor. Uh, I survived about it. Yeah. That's good. I watched and it's good, but there's another story in it. One of the other two stories that's really duckling depressing. Which one? Um, it's a girl who's closing up like the store she works in and gets held up and like they never found the person. Uh. It's just like really. And she's so fragile and like clearly like not there's, ready to talk about it yeah there's it, that show is so good it's so perfectly produced it's so well done but there are i would say about five where i watch and go this yeah. person isn't ready no. and isn't it's beautiful that they're doing it for themselves because yeah. i bet it's a great step for them and for other i'm sure other people listen to it and hear it and see this woman telling the story and they're so empowered by her yeah but she just seems so fragile and i it was it made me really sad. But it's also the reality of it. Yeah. It's the reality it of it. It totally is. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. That show is incredible. Yeah. And then there was a family whose clam boat, like, capsized. <laughs> it's always but like, they were cool too. <laughs> I dipped into a frozen river. It's like, okay. And I feel bad for you. But there's a woman who's fighting off a nasty claw hammer. Uh huh. We need to get back to her can right we, now. Can we real quick? <laughs> real quick. Those are always the stories that end first. Do you notice that? Where yeah. It's like the boat people, the boat capsizes, right. they get rescued, and then they're like, well, God helped me out of the ocean. Yeah. Awesome. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> hey, Susan. How, what did God not help you out of? Can you tell us? God helped them out of the ocean. What did you ever do? She's like, well, I became an emergency room nurse and bang, nailed some bug to the wall. Yeah, she did. Oh, it's intense. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit MadeInCookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N Cookware.com. Goodbye. All right. Well, I went a little culty with mine for this week. Good. I think because somebody recommended on Twitter, and I'm sorry I didn't write your name down, because I get very uh, defensive when people recommend British procedurals to me, as you know. Yeah. Because I'm always like, how dare you come to me yeah. with a Wallander recommendation? Yeah. We've talked about this a lot. But I Let's still like it. Let's talk about it more. What? Let's talk about it more. Let's do, let's really do a deep dive. This is about you. Um, but somebody recommended a show called Silent Witness, and it is basically a it's like a Law and Order in England where there are on um, iTunes it's season one through four, and then season like seventeen through twenty nine. <laughs> like it's been on for a, it's a really procedural? long time. It's a procedural, okay. and it's basically about the coroner and the medical examiner. Ooh. And, and who's the Silent Witness? The coroner? The coroner medical examiner? Or, or the maybe dead the body. dead body? Dead body, I'm I guess. I'm going to answers. <laughs> anyway. It's a cat. There's a cat it's that lives in the this, coroner's it's office. It's the coroner's cat, like a bodega cat, but in the... <laughs> Or it just is up on a shelf. Can I just say there's a there's an Instagram called Bodega Cats of Instagram. Yeah. And it's made me never want to eat at a bodega again because just the photos. I mean, they're adorable, but cats dream holes on everything in on a everything. bodega. Like yeah. any snappy bag of Gardetto's peppercorn chips you get. <laughs> a cat's a bodega cat's dream hole. Just do a quick Clorox wipe rinse yeah. on the outside of that bag. I can never lick a a, a bag of Gordettos again. <laughs> That's how you pick what flavor you want. Yeah. Is you lick the outside. They taste like what they're supposed to taste like, right? I got to say. That's right. The outside <laughs> tastes like the inside. Um, just like people. Um, 
<laughs> I love filthy New York City bodegas so oh, much oh. as a country girl who we always lived five miles away from anything good. Yeah. When I lived in New York, the idea that I could walk Ugh. down the stairs from my apartment and literally 40 feet to the corner yeah. and go in and get a bag of Tate's. They always have Tate's. They always have Haribo they have gummy some bears. weird like brand of ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. And the name, the word bodega sounds so cool. It sounds very much like, hi, I'm an art student. Yeah. I sometimes freebase Coke, but I also <laughs> just love to come and get an Italian sub sandwich. Oh my God. Okay. So anyway, I went, okay. I went because I had watched, I think, four seasons of Silent Witness. And there were some, it's such, it's very dramatically produced. And there's a lot of like her just standing over a dead body being like, you know, the victim is in a, in rigor where you're, you're like, okay, this is very real. Like, it's, yeah, it's because it's boring. A it's a touch boring. <laughs> get it. They're not afraid to go boring in England. Because that's what it's really like. Because it's real. There was one where it was about a bunch of people who died on a boat. And then every time, so they were just sitting there waiting at the harbor, waiting for the dead bodies to get transported in from the ocean. Uh -huh. And then every time it would, there would just be this terrible horn that would sound. And I was like, I bet this is what really happens. This is awful. Like, this it's is like, when I turn it off. Exactly. Because you're like, I don't want to experience yeah. this. Maybe it will happen to me someday. <laughs> so how about I don't go through it now? Right. I don't want to hear, oh, God, <laughs> my Fred Willard show that I'm watching. <laughs> Why do they keep driving dead bodies up in these jalopies? It's not funny. It's not. I don't appreciate it. OK, so anyway, I had a lot of that. So then I was okay. like, well, let's take a nice left turn and go into a little cult area. Right. Um, and I thought about the one that I've always been obsessed with, which is the Order of the Solar Temple. Oh, my God. So this was the one where on October 4th, 1994, uh, and this was on, so remember back, 94. Remember it. It was on all the news. And, I don't remember this. Okay, get ready. Because you might as, you, I encourage you to yell out when you remember. I'm going to. Okay. Oh, you don't have to encourage me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So October 4th, 1994, it's a place called Morin. I'm assuming it's pronounced Morin Heights. It's a ski resort near Montreal. And authorities are called to the scene of a burning condominium. And when they get inside, um, put the fire out, they find two charred dead bodies. Um, so they look up who owns the condominium and on the whatever mortgage papers. I don't, yeah. I put owners, owner, documents. Owners stuff? Oh, this, the signage yeah. area? Yeah. Uh, the owners are two men, Joseph DeMombro and Luke Jure. So they assume that's these two charred bodies are yeah. the owners. But then as the investigators make their way through the burnt condominium apartment, they find three more bodies um, in the back of the house in like stacked in a closet. And those bodies are identified as a man named Tony Dutoit or Dutois and his wife, Nikki, and their three month old no. son, Christopher Emmanuel. No. Are they burned too? Or are they just they're dead? burned. But then once the investigators start looking into it, they realize that the front two bodies and the back bodies are all covered in blood. So before they burned, they were covered in blood. Oh my God. So then they're like, something actually happened here. Well, then on Tony's body, he was stabbed over 50 times in the back. Holy shrub. Nikki was stabbed in the chest uh, and like upper body area like six or seven times. Oh my God. This is the worst part. No. The baby was stabbed in the heart with a wooden stake. 
So they're like, what, what the fake occult shark week is going on here? I have never heard this before. It's it's bad. Tell me everything. <laughs> okay. So they re then they realize that one of the two bodies that they found originally up in the front of the mm -hmm. house, one of them is a woman. Okay. So they're like, I don't think the this is the owner. Something insane happened here. So they put out arrest warrants for the owners um, because they had the police discover that all five of these people were members of the Order of the Solar Temple, which was a very secretive sect founded by the two men on the owner's papers, Joseph DeMombro and Luke Jure. Then the police find out that Tony and his wife, Nikki, had recently left the cult after speaking ag out mm. against these leaders. Mm -mm. And so that's when the cops are like, OK, we got to arrest these guys. But they're nowhere to be found. The next day or it's the same. Let's see. It's October 5th in um, the Swiss village of Syria is how it's pronounced. There's a farmhouse that's on fire. And when the firemen in this Swiss village um, go there and put it out, they find the owner inside. He's slumped over the kitchen table and there's a plastic bag over his head. So they think, oh, no, he's an elderly farmer and mm -hmm. this, he's committed suicide. Mm -hmm. um, then they find a gunshot wound in the back of his head mm -mm. and they're like, uh oh. So then as they inspect the house, they start finding incendiary devices all over the house. And then they start looking in the outbuildings on the property. So there's more buildings aside from the farmhouse. They start to investigate these buildings. They also have these incendiary devices in them. And one of them, uh, the one of the cops observes that the outside of the building is really big, but when they go in, it's really small. There's uh -oh. just a small space and it's like an office that looks really busy. It looks like there's people that come there to work every day or whatever, but it's compared to the outside. They're like, they start looking for secret panels Ooh. and they find one. And basically what happens is an entire section of wall is found to be able to slide back. Oh, my God. On the other side of this wall, they find a huge secret chamber. It's decorated floor to ceiling in red. No. It has these weird mirrors on every wall that at the top are kind of shaped um, a little bit like, I don't know what the word is. It's like that, you know, like the top of a Turkish mm -hmm. turret or whatever, where it, it lo looks like a Hershey's kiss. But Swoopy. Fatter. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, it's all like ritualized. Mm -hmm. There's weird, um, these weird stands like lecterns mm -hmm. that are gold mm -hmm. that are in there. And there's, they, so basically it's all obviously used for some kind of religious rite. Some straight up culty jury duty? Culty jury duty. There's champagne bottles on the ground. Okay. And in the middle of the floor, um, arranged in a like star formation, feet in the center, what? head to the outside are 18 corpses. Shut the f 18? 18. They're all wearing either red, gold, or black ceremonial capes. And some have plastic bags over their heads. Then they find another, a second secret room. There's three more bodies inside that room. And there's a ton of blood in both rooms. Oh, my God. So ba the police basically start putting together. Can you imagine stumbling upon that? No, it's. A, stumbling on a secret hidden room. Yes. Like, which is awesome. The and roller coaster like, of emotions yeah. that cop went through where he's like, I'm the one that, hey, I, and then they slide the wall back. And it's like, well, here you go. Yeah, this is what you want. Here's your secret room, friend. <laughs> um, so they realize that this is obviously a ritualized mass suicide. Yeah. But there's so much blood in the room. They're like, oh, this wasn't voluntary <laughs> for a lot of these people. Oh, no. um, yeah. 
And most of the people had been killed by gunshot wounds to the head that were not <gasps> self-inflicted. So that's how they start putting together that this was yeah. perhaps non-voluntary suicide. Mm-hmm. Or, as we like to call it, murder. murder. <laughs> uh, okay. Non-voluntary suicide. <laughs> the worst kind of suicide. Non-voluntary. Um, I am a professional uh, psych uh, cop. Okay, so then two days later, a hundred miles away in the Swiss resort village of Grange sur Salvant. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. You know it sounds nothing like that. Yeah, but it sounds better when you say it. I just, I'm trying to sell it like I'm a waitress at a fancy French cafe, (laughs) right? Would you like a croque monsieur? Or a grand chasseurant? Yeah. Um, okay, so which is French for baked onion. Okay, the fire department is called to now three adjacent chalets that are all on fire. And inside each, they find eerily similar scenes to the uh, Siri fire. Um, this time, 25 bodies are discovered. Oh my God. Including three teenagers and four children. And what? most of these bodies, uh, these victims, have been poisoned. <gasps> And they're all identified through dental records um, to also be members of the Order of the Solar Temple. And in this situation, only 15 of the 47 were true suicides. The rest were murders. Um, So now the search for the co-founders of the Order of the Solar Temple Mm. goes international. Mm -hmm. So basically, this cult was founded uh, by this guy, Joseph de Mombro, who was born in southern France. He studied to be a clockmaker and a jeweler, but he always had interest in the occult. And when he was in his 30s, he joined the Rosa Rosicutions or the Order of the Rosy Cross. And it's another so there's all these secret cults mm. or sects that were that are based on the Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. So the Knights Templar were the knights who went on the first crusades and they came back. And then they were so dedicated to this spreading uh, of Christianity down into the Middle East that they began to protect. It was like they vowed to protect all these Christian pilgrims that were going down into the Middle East. So they would, they basically kind of were out there protecting people, but they also made a ton of money mm-hmm. because of the, because of the crusades, they were just out there, you know, obviously killing and t- pillaging and doing all their stuff. So they became very rich. Then their power, they were so well regarded that they became really powerful. And of course, then the popes were like, who are these mother corn nuts? We're mm-hmm. supposed to be the most powerful. So then they became hunted. And then that's when they went underground and it was all secret, secret, secret. Mm-hmm. So that's what all these people, and that's kind of like the um, like the Dan Brown books and stuff where it's all the Knights oh. Templar this and the Knights Templar that. If the guy, if the guy or gal who does uh, animate my podcast would animate that part of you telling me, <laughs> explaining to me the Crusades. Because it's, I would say, I would, I would guess that. right now, yeah. and hopefully there is a history professor listening. Oh, yeah. I think I probably got that 57% right. Okay. I think I would have passed a test, but not well. Right. A D plus. A D plus, which is pretty happy. much my average. And now and you, it would make you happy. Now, and then Brit- the press would be like, you're not supposed to be happy about that. And you're like, flipping. Pass. Bye. Pass. Bye. And I never thought I could. Yeah. Because I can't read. <laughs> um, so definitely let me know all the information I'm missing in the 300 years that ni- the Knights Templar yeah. were in action. Right. But essentially, it became that thing. And I'm, we've all 
seen the Dan Brown. What is that book that I can't think of? The Da Vinci Code. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen loves literature. Um, (laughs) But it's just this idea that essentially they were protecting Mary Magdalene, who was carrying Jesus's baby. You know, that's like at the end of the day, that is supposedly um, the what what do they call that? The truth. The Bible. (laughs) The... Uh, <laughs> True. Christianity. What's the cup? Oh, uh, the Kiddush cup. Holy Grail. Thank you. Oh. The Holy Grail is Jesus's baby, right? It's also called <laughs> the Kiddush cup. We had it first. Oh, that's true. So don't come at me with. Yeah, you explain it to me. I'm <laughs> forking. Know what's going on? <laughs> anyway, this is a religion podcast. It's all about now. secrets. Okay. They base this whole thing on like secrets, hidden treasure, hidden money, making sure that they could always kind of get this the Christianity where they needed it to go. Okay, and have missionaries protected. Okay, and all that. so secret societies are like gotta keep it up keep up with the christians right but then as we know when things are secret then little power structures come up and Mm -hmm. then suddenly you've got two people that are like well i'm in charge of the secret sect and now i've decided we're gonna do a little something extra we're gonna wash everybody's feet in a bucket (laughs) right we're gonna do they start adding their own gravy and it's like no longer are you a knight's templar now Now you're you're a foot washer now you're some kind of like i feel like everyone every woman needs to honk me before we start this ceremony how many times have i said this french the government And I'll say it again. How would, this is not my friendly <laughs> phrase. <laughs> so, That's right. Ellis knows. He's like, I'm sick of you saying that. He knows. He's so sick of it. Okay. So any, anyhow, I lost my place entirely. Okay. <laughs> That's what this podcast is called. <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? Um, he, in 1973, Joseph de Mombro moves to the Swiss border. He starts a group called the Center for the Preparation of the New Age. Okay. So, you know, yeah. hot stuff is happening in this sure. group. Let's get together. Let's weave some looms. Let's ta-da, make pottery. Sure. Let's talk about the Knights Templars. What awesome. year is this again? 73. Okay. And he begins to tell his followers or the people in the group that he is the reincarnation of the god Osiris and of Moses. And then he starts telling them, you're the reincarnation of Napoleon and you're the reincarnation of Cleopatra. And everybody's the reincarnation of some famous political leader or royalty of some kind. Doubt it. And <laughs> um, then he starts telling them. He is the one that's going to decide who's having a relationship with who because he's the only one who knows who they were originally were. And now we have this chance to breed a master race of children. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure that like Cleopatra has sex with Napoleon or whatever. And he's making up all the sugar. Yeah. People are like, yes, sounds good. And everyone's like, yeah, we want a bone. Yeah, we want a bone and we want to be dead Special. famous people. Right. So he basically is like, I'm in charge of who gets married. I'm in charge of who gets to have children. So it becomes, he goes from like, we're a group that gets together to talk about how grab the Knights Templar are. And now it's like, I control every aspect of your life, which is how it always goes. Even though that's how intense and bizarre it was, all these respected citizens and extremely wealthy people join this thing because it's all about the, um, he sells this idea that you, if you give enough money, you can like absorb the spirituality and power of the Knights Templar. It's this Mm -hmm. honorable society and you join it and you're forwarding the Christian movement or what, I don't know, whatever. Um, (laughs) so because rich people get bored is really what that means. They get bored and they, we all want guarantees, right? So it's like, I'm going to give this, 
this guy who who claims to be what did he um he also claimed to be the reincarnation of a 14th century knight knight templar whatever um and then the other guy uh luke jure mm -hmm. he claimed to be the third incarnation of jesus christ he went straight to the top oh man yeah so basically people are getting into it and at that time he changed the name uh, Joseph de Mombro in 1978 changes the name to the foundation of the Golden Way. He takes a core group of the followers and is like, we're super into this. Let's go start the foundation of the Golden Way. And in that group, that's when Luc Jure shows up. He is Luc Jure. Uh, was born in the Belgian Congo. He studied to be an actual doctor. Then he decides he's not into like traditional medicines and he wants to be a, an alternative healer mm -hmm. so then he starts getting really into holistic medicine and really into new age chipotle and he starts um he becomes like a star on the new age circuit mm -hmm. he's the one that like in the mid late 70s is out there telling everybody here's how you tap into your inner the god osiris right. or whatever the truck it is um when you stop worrying about gas, you don't have to worry about gas prices and having a job and money. Right. Because you're wealthy. Yeah. Don't worry about any of the, the things that everybody else in Jimmy Carter's America are freaking right. out about. <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Because you have enough money. So come join a cult. Come secret sect with us. Yeah. So when they meet, Joe DeMombro knows that this guy, he's like the face man. He's going to be the perfect pitch man for their new cult, which they, in 1984, basically wow. re reconfigure. Yeah, it's going on for so yeah. long. Um, they reconfigure and call themselves the Order of the Solar Temple. So that's when Luc Jure comes into Joe DeMombro's life. That's when it all clicks. Okay. So... In this group, they ha have these rituals that are based on ancient Christian and Masonic rites. Um, it's all secret. So all the members are secret, all that, you know, nobody mm -hmm. tells anybody else that they're in this group. Mm -hmm. And at its height, they had lodges in Canada, Australia, Switzerland, and Martinique. I mean, I'll join just a clunking. Go on vacay. I mean, right? You know? To just go to an island and then yeah. pretend you're Cleopatra. Skiing in Switzerland. <laughs> Skiing in Martinique. Great. Um, so that was a joke, everybody. I know Martinique is a, a beautiful island. <laughs> so soon the t topic changes. And when I say soon, I mean after seven years or whatever the brunch. Soon. These people <laughs> stay in this weird cult. They start sending this message that an apocalypse is coming. Mm -hmm. It's an environmental apocalypse. Man has caused it. It's man's fault that it's going to happen. And only the elite are going to survive it. Oh, great. So... If you want to be in that group, why don't you kick down all of the money that you have? No. Yeah, they, they make everybody give them all of their money. Canuck. Yeah, and it's this insurance. So eventually that message becomes um, w the reason that you should trust us is that Joe's daughter, whose name was Emmanuel, um, she was one of nine existing cosmic children who would lead them no. all to a planet that was next to the star Sirius. And his son also, uh, Eli, I believe his name was, his destiny, Eli's destiny, was to usher in the new age. So luckily, the leader of this cult's uh, two children were the key pieces to God. like get them to... So basically, the Earth, Earth was going to end for environmental reasons. And then they were going to travel via a path of fire 
to a planet that's next to the star Sirius. Everyone's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I want to be like, how the whack? Like there's, there's the podcast Heaven's Gate. That's yes. like super good. That so like good. my sad retelling of, uh, the Heaven's Gate story last week <laughs> before the podcast came out, by the way, I just, I didn't know about it yet. It was good. Um, it, they like focus on a couple actual cult members and explain how it happened and you kind of get it a little more, but it's just so, bananas and bonkers i think it comes down to that feeling of like when life is feels really plain all the time yeah and then you get introduced to an idea of you're special and there's more than there's more than this and you're correct everyone else is is going along with their everyday life and they're all lemmings you're special i see how special you are come in do my ritual yeah let me show you i have i have knowledge yeah and that i will impart onto you yes listen i'm starting a call right now yeah i mean i i'm believing are you in here are you the god osiris i have elvis sitting on my lap staring at me (laughs) she is petting a cat in a kind of evil cult-like way yep okay i just uncross his eyes (laughs) (laughs) it's a miracle yeah she's real yeah Since recording this episode in 2018, our cult has grown into a worldwide organization. If you're interested in learning more about our cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com, promo code MURDER. So, okay, so basically, that talk goes on so long that, of course, nothing ends up happening. And and the members are like, yeah, okay, you've been talking about this apocalypse for a while. Nothing's going on. Mm -hmm. And I've given you, like, millions of dollars. Make the apocalypse happen. Yeah, I want... I want everyone else to die. I want to see what you're talking about. I want these things to happen. Well, also, meanwhile, they started getting, of course, super crazy with their power. They they were buying houses everywhere. They they had everybody's money. Mm -hmm. So they're out like they've got houses here. Now, you know, as you saw, chalets and condos Mm -hmm. every in every city. They're hiding dumb rooms. They've got they can build things that look like small rooms, but that are actually big rooms. It's crazy. Um and so the members are like, yeah, you seem to be getting a lot of stuff, but like yeah. all of our, you know, it's on our dime. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then Luc Jure is voted out as grandmaster of the Canadian branch oh. of the Temple of the Soul. How Solar. mad is he? Because he starts to demand that when that that one woman has sex with him before every ritual oh. for his to build strength. And everyone's like, OK, no. All the members are like, you're losing your shampoo. And yeah. it's obvious and it's creepy. So then he gets voted out. Well, then uh, Joe DeMombro is just like, wait, n- no, it's our cult. Yeah. Like, you can't get voted out. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, this isn't a funnel cake. Fantasy Island or whatever. Yeah. You mean Survivor? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you knew. Just as a bit of information, Luke Jure, it shouldn't be a surprise that he lost his shampoo. Because before joining the Order of the Solar Temple, he had belonged to a racist neo-Nazi magical what? organization. Um, co-founded by a former Gestapo officer what? named Julian Origas. Um, and he was also an illegal arms dealer. So he wasn't a great, per- like he wasn't a nice Do Templar. a little background check, rich people. Yeah. Are you a good guy? Can oh you ride a horse? Are you an arms dealer? These things should disqualify you. <laughs> so then, this is all building, right? So they're like yeah, slightly yeah. losing control. Yeah, like, it's uh-oh. like, no, no, focus on my cosmic daughter yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Then in ni- in February of 1993, it's the 54-day siege of Waco. 
Oh, shoot. Right. So on all of our TVs, we all saw the Branch Davidians and the and David Koresh and everything. We saw that whole thing go up in flames. Is that going to be a podcast soon or a TV show? Like a, I think it's a TV show. Like a documentary. I think it's one of those American crimes or something. Like American right? Experience? American I want to see a good documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Just the longest American dad of all time. Um, <laughs> he works for the CIA. So, okay. So after that happens and everybody yeah. watched it on TV. And everyone's like, oh, no more cults for me. Exactly. I'm, I think I've had enough. I'm Which full. is the funniest thing in the world to me where they're like, oh, this is where we're headed. Yeah. We're, not, we're not actually headed to a planet next to the star Sirius. No. We're just going to burn government style. Right. French. The government. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> it's the government. <laughs> okay. So. Please, please, please don't hurt me, government. That won't work. So. <laughs> it's too late. This is my favorite part. So as all of this is right, it's crumbling, it's crumbling. Our millions, you know, people are walking away our secret. And they really did have, they had millionaires, they had scientists, they had famous architects. There was people in this cult, very high level people, fam a very famous Swiss composer. So it was like a bunch of smarty pants. Smarty pants and Richies. Smarty, and like, smart and Marty. I mean, the whole place smelled like Paul Onions. Aftershave. <laughs> so <laughs> what are we saying? So, Okay. <laughs> Then they discover that, so our friend Tony Dutois, I don't remember how I pronounced it, the man who was found stabbed 50 times uh -huh. in, can in the apartment in Canada. With his wife and, and baby. And his wife and baby. Uh -huh. Okay, so it turns out he was a longtime member of the Order of the Solar Temple, and he discovered, so they would have these rites and rituals. And when Joe DeMombro did them, he could make things fly. Mm. He could make things like appear out of nowhere. There's all these weird things he did that made people believe that he was special and had special powers. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out Tony Dutrois discovers that he was using lasers and holograms. No. And he was back in 90. I'm impressed by that in 94. Yeah. yeah. Even earlier. Yeah. He, he basically set it up. So the whole thing was like special effects and fog and light show or whatever and made people believe it was his power. Jesus. And he was spending, he was spending their money, a ton of money. Cause you, a hologram back then was sure. very expensive. It's basically like coach, a Coachella tuba DJ set. Yeah. But it, just him and 12 people yeah. in robes. So Tony finds out about this and starts going, you guys, this is super fake. We, this is the whole thing is a fraud to the point where, and so much, uh, like distrust and, uh, disillusion was going through the whole cult down to Joe DeMombro's own children who were like, our dad's a fraud. Yeah. Like everybody was starting to bail. I am bail. not a space cadet. My dad is lying. <laughs> I can't lead you to that planet. No. But that, that's my favorite that it was like the, the, straw that broke the camel's back was that his holograms and lasers were discovered. Yeah. So then everyone's just bailing like crazy. Okay, so then he... So basically, Tony tells everybody and then like gets out of town. So Joe DeMombro announced to the remaining members that the Dutois three month old son was the Antichrist oh. and needed to be assassinated. Oh no! Yes, that's so the two bodies that were in that condo uh, from the beginning of this story yeah. turned out to be 35 year old Jerry Jeannot and 60, 60 year old Colette Jeannot. What? Um, they murdered the <gasps> Dutois, murdered that baby and then committed suicide 
and lit that apartment on fire with the incendiary device that was like all the incendiary devices. Lip and shirt. Yes. So what awful, awful people. So crazy. And then uh, like once they knew that was happening, they they know it's over. So they announced to the rest of the membership that the apocalypse has arrived and it's time Mm. for um, all of them to travel to the planet next to the star Sirius. Let's go. So it's mass suicide time. And because they they were saying the transformation takes place in fire. That's why all those incendiary devices. That's where all the buildings were burning. Mm -hmm. So what were the incendiary devices made of? Do you know? I don't. But in my mind, it looks like a light switch with the plate off the front. Yeah. And like there's a little thing tied to this thing and a little and then a mouse chews the rope. Yes. Right? And then boom. Yeah. Um, but the mouse survives. <laughs> that's right. The mouse is fine. The mouse is innocent. And then a cat swoops down and eats the mouse. <laughs> um, Yay. So it was at that farmhouse from the beginning in Siri, uh, where Joe DeMombro and Luke Jure met their end mm-hmm. along with 21 mm-hmm. other members. So they were, okay. They were in Siri. Then, okay, so the reason that it's so amazing to me is because I remember very distinctly when I saw it on the news, they were so vague. And it's still, you can barely get any good information about what was really happening. But I remember seeing it on the news and being like, I want to know more. And, And all you ever heard was... So then again, in 1995, in Grenoble, uh, they find 16 bodies out in the forest. What? Uh-huh. In, they, in an area they called Hell's, Hell's Entrance or Hell's Hole or something, which mm-hmm. is super creepy. And the creep that you can see a picture online, it's a forest. There's police tape. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's from like a helicopter. There's police tape. And then there, it just looks like there's a weird orange light. <laughs> it's super creepy. I, I've never, I, 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 flapping Google weird murders, weird deaths, weird, you know, all the time. And I've never heard of this. Fold some Knights Templar in there, fold in cult. Okay. Fold in. Well, so in that forest, there were 16 bodies. Okay. And this is a year later. Then two years after that in Quebec, in March of 97, five people are found dead. And at the last minute, three children who were supposed to <gasps> also die convinced their parents who ended up dead, convinced their parents that they wanted to live and their parents let them go. So three kids escaped. From I want to interview them. Right. What's so, the, why They're still killing themselves, even though it's over. Yes. Two years later. Like by who? Like why? So crazy. Or three years later. Um, so the total number of deaths in the order of the solar temple is 74 Jesus include and their members included scientists architects policemen and children what and the group um, had between four and six hundred members um, it's estimated to have made in its prime 93 million dollars oh, sugar and in um, in the Grenoble uh, scene where um, in 1995 where they found 16 bodies the wife of famous um, champion skier Jean John Varney, who was the inventor of the awesome 80s sunglasses, mm-hmm. his wife, Edith, and their youngest son, Patrick, were among the 16 mm. victims. So they couldn't have been richer. Those mm-hmm. people, they had Varney in the 80s was like, you couldn't be richer. Are they the ones with the swoopy thing here? The weird thing here? And the- no, Varney's were like the kind of the original ski sunglasses. Oh, so yeah. they were mirrored and they were like kind of plastic. Yeah, every, every cartoon skier. 
Yep. Instructor has us. Rich guys. I, w- we went skiing the first time we went to Tahoe when I was eight. They made us take ski lessons. Mm-hmm. And my sister had a pair of Varnays on. And I, instead of listening to the ski instructor, just kept staring at myself in the mirrored reflection of my sister's sunglasses. <laughs> so I didn't listen to how to stop or what to do. And so basically we went down one run and I was like, I'm t- I need to take these off. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not doing this. I don't know what's no. going on. And then we just played in the snow all day. Exactly. Um, here's a more interesting one. Okay. Channel 4, the British um, TV station, they made a documentary alleging that Grace Kelly, the Princess <gasps> of Monaco, was also initiated into the Order of the Solar Temple just months before her car accident that took her life. Yeah, she was in a car accident. Some say she was not in that car. <gasps> Some say the body was never found. But um, her dis- estate denies any association with the Order of the Solar Temple. But the filmmakers who made this documentary for Channel 4 talked to the acupuncturist who worked on Princess Grace before her her orientation or not orientation um, initiation ceremony. And because so, apparently they did uh, acupuncture to relax people so that they weren't like freaked out, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that woman attested to the fact that it was Princess Grace, but didn't want to give her name or information because mm-hmm. she's scared because she says that the sol- the order of the solar temple is still <gasps> in effect today, still has members, and she's scared of those members coming to um, retaliate like against her. Like they're hiding out in plain sight. Steven! Steven. And so the very last thing is when Princess Grace's car yeah. crashed in Monaco, yeah. her car landed <gasps> in the yard of a member no. of the order no. of the solar temple. <gasps> Karen. Cult. Yeah. That was good. That was a good one, right? That was a really good one. <laughs> it goes all the way to the top. Dude. I know. I want to know everything. I want to know I what these people photos. talked about. There's photos. Are there pictures? Yes. There's pictures of, uh, and it's all, the, the faces are blacked out. There's black bars across the eyes of like an actual ri- ritual. <gasps> but then there's the empty room where they found the bodies. They, I don't. The ones I saw, it was just the room without the bodies lying in it. But then you can also see there's like graphs of how they laid yeah. out the bodies in star formation. I want that. I want that. I want that. Yeah. yeah. And I think the one, the people that killed themselves last in 1997 in Canada were laid out in a crucifix oh formation. So the people who, who <laughs> unintentional suicide, those people, mm-hmm. did they, did they ever figure out if they like were just like, kill me or they were like held hostage or because like I could see people like I don't want to kill myself but just shoot me in the back of the head yeah I think what they were saying is the theory is that it wasn't they were like I don't want to do this it was like they, okay. they went there for other reasons oh. some of them think they were drugged right. or poisoned but then it was then they fought them because there was so much blood that it wasn't just like putting people yeah, down in an yeah. orderly fashion yeah. there was like it was a real bloody crime scene so they think it was that's what led them to believe it was that's, the against against your will suicide that's crazy flipping nuts man alive mm-hmm. secret cults where is the treasure (laughs) there's treasure treasure Treasure. oh yeah the knights templar they supposedly that's like nick cage style they're they supposedly have oh is that what that is yeah because they went and pillaged everything down in like the holy land they They stole all the sugar from the friendly jewish people what's that's right that's right chosen ones so it's your it's your birthright Mm mm-hmm to go and find that those gold doubloons and take them back. Let's do it. I would love to. Let's go on an adventure. Okay. Okay. 
Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Love a cult. What did we, uh, well, we've come to the end, my friends. Oh, yeah. What's a, do you have a fun thing for this week? A thing that made me happy? Yeah. No, do you? <laughs> well, I do, actually. Okay, great. Maybe it'll inspire me. Okay, good. But this is a, it's a repeat of one I've done before, but it's in kind of an update and it's very exciting because my favorite band and now many other people's favorite band, Sure Sure, finally came out with an album. It's self-titled. It says Sure Sure. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And it is so god ding ding good. It's all the like single releases that they had before. Um, and then a bunch of new songs I've never heard before that are so beautiful and it's just great. I just got it and I love it. So, well, if we're going to do, let's, this will be the music, uh, perfect thing. Vince got us tickets. So Vince surprised me with tickets to go see the band Jawbreaker. Nice. Which I'm like super excited to go see them. I've never, I've never seen them play. I've been in love with them forever. Great old band. Everyone go listen. Um, but it's also, I love that Vince does shrub like that. And it's really sweet. And like, I would never go see music or anything live. But yes. Vince is like into that shirt. Yeah. So like he does it. And it, then I'm like, why don't I do this more? And then, I know. Yeah. So I, it's nice to. Because you have friends sure. like me that are like, um, I'm tired. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to go that <laughs> night. Like that night, I'm going to be sick. Like I am every night. But it's sweet that he did it. It's so good. Oh, wait. So it's future. You haven't done it yet? Yeah, I haven't done it yet. He just bought tickets to go see Jawbreaker. And That's I'm, awesome. I'm, the, you know, 20 something year old Georgia is like, he put it on, on the radio today and I got really excited. Yes. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um... All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Guys, thanks for once again going through that with us. We have had it up to here (laughs) with not going through this with you because we love it so much. It's very fun. Um, It's a very fun job. And on our our two year anniversary. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're so lipping lucky. This is the best ever. It's crazy, lucky, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody thank thanks you. Steven thanks Steven we'll thank you more in, in May in six months yeah <laughs> when you earn months? it when you've earned it when you've flopping <laughs> been through the shark week like we have <laughs> when you finally French the government the way we yeah. need you to Elvis knows he's been here from the happy beginning he was he was here before us yeah he'll be here after us he will remain after we are gone yep is that it? I think that's it alright well then stay saved and do God's mission bye, bye. Elvis Want cookie? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. This episode was edited by Liana Squilacci. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at My Favorite Murder and Twitter at My Fave Murder. Goodbye. Happy birthday to you. It is. It is. It's horrifying. It sounds like a horror movie. (laughs) Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.